Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Gavin Scriven. People call me Dr. Gav and with me is the founder of the non-surgical penis augmentation procedure uh, we call Calibre, Dr. Jace Notes. Thanks Dr. Gav and together we are the Dick Doctors and we are going to be talking about all things penis. Uh, our area of expertise is um, injectable penis augmentation. There's a, a lot to talk about um, penises and uh, together myself and uh, Dr. Gavin will be doing that. Welcome everybody, I'm Dr. Gavin and I'm here with Dr. Jason uh, from Perth. Uh, we are the Calibre Clinic, Confidence Changes Everything um, and we're here to talk about penises today. Now, thanks for joining me today. Thanks Dr. Dr. Gav. Um, uh, and just to remind everybody that confidence changes everything. So, um, so Dr. Gav, today we're talking about uh, erectile dysfunction. Yes, we are. Um, and it's um, yes, something that we talk a lot about with our patients, um, being the dick doctors. Uh, and it's, a, it's a, unfortunately a very common problem and uh, have a lot of people uh, out there suffering uh, with erectile dysfunction and not knowing where to turn or who to talk to. Um, I guess uh, my advice is always the first point of call would be your GP. Um, don't know if you agree with that, Dr. Jason. Yeah, well, the numbers seem to indicate that 50% of the men over the age of 50, in fact, they even say starting you know, from the age of 40, uh, are having some erectile dysfunction. Um, so the first thing would be to, uh, to see your GP uh, because it's not just the function of your penis that you're worried about. Um, uh, with the erection, obviously, it's the, it's the flow of blood into the penis and uh, the, the blood vessels in your heart are about the same size as the blood vessels in your penis. So if you're not getting enough blood into the penis, uh, one of the things that your GP may want to check out uh, is the blood flow to your heart. So I guess that's mm. the sort of thing that as a GP, you'd be wanting to ask some questions about. Yeah, definitely. And that's really interesting. You said what, it's 50% of men over the age of 50. Well, the, the, the study that I read was suggesting over the age of 40. And over the age of 40, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't believe that. Now, I'm over the age of 50. And, um, and uh, yeah, that would be, be a concern if you know, the, that many guys are having it. But I don't think it means that none of them can get an erection. It just means that they aren't getting the erections and maintaining the erections. Um, Not like they used to when they were 18. Yeah, and yeah. for the, the function that they wish to achieve with their erection. Sure, yeah. Okay, well, that makes more sense then. Um, but yeah, I'm sure if, we, if there was a survey put out, if, if your erection quality and the, the hardness and the duration of your erection, were, is it the same as when you're 18? I'm sure a lot of people would put their hands up and say it wasn't. Um, so yeah, I think starting with the GP, looking at um, simple things like your cholesterol levels, that of course affect your cardiovascular system, looking at your uh, fasting glucose levels because that can, you can, a risk of diabetes. Um, diabetes your... is, the, is the other sort of big one. I guess the two major sort of functional things that can happen in, in the penis is a change to the blood flow or a change to the, um, the nervous supply. And so the, the cholesterol and the, the buildup of like atherosclerosis, um, decreasing that blood flow into the penis is one. And if the nerves aren't working as well and you're not getting that um, nervous impulse uh, that comes with the generation of, uh, of an erection, 
uh, and nerve problems are, are very, very common in diabetes. And of course, diabetes is becoming much more common um, mm. with obesity and uh, the type two diabetes. Uh, yeah, exactly. And of course, in general practice, without you know screening, not only screening for diabetes in really everyone over the age of thirty um, these days. Um, of course, with every lady who goes through pregnancy, they get screened for gestational diabetes. Not that this is a, a problem with women, but um, uh, it's it's very prevalent, unfortunately, in our society today. And I guess most guys wouldn't realise that that could affect uh, the quality of their erections. But um, most people understand it affects things like their eyes. And their feet with the smaller blood vessels and we do foot checks for diabetics but maybe you know unfortunately part of the common practice should be doing a, an erectile dysfunctional penis check uh for people who are pre-diabetic or diabetic yeah well maybe if um we spoke to to, to younger people and, and said that you know one of the major causes um i think it's around about a quarter of erectile dysfunction is put down to diabetes uh, they said you're going to lose your ability to get an erection uh, maybe more guys would be uh, out there exercising, watching their diet and losing weight. Yeah, sugar would be off the shelves in their homes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I guess the, the other thing that guys often think about um, and want to put it down to is a change in um, uh, their testosterone levels, and, you know, especially mm. as they're you know, getting in, into their um, uh, 50s. Um, do you check guys' testosterone levels? Yeah, as a GP, we do routinely check testosterone levels if someone's come in for um, to talk about erectile dysfunction. But I do let everyone know that it's not a common cause of erectile dysfunction. It's actually one of the rarer causes. Um, but it's probably one of the first things people think about, I guess. Um, yeah. Especially guys, they think it has something to do with their manlyhood, their testosterone levels. Um, and yes, it's of course, it's a possibility. And if you have low testosterone, that does affect uh, erectile function, but it's not a common cause. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, yes, it, 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 they, you may have erectile dysfunction and you may have um, a, a low testosterone level, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's um, causative. Exactly. Um, and yes, you know, if you sort of go on to testosterone, you know, you, you might sort of increase in, in muscle mass and you're possibly going to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe you'll have an improvement in your um, erectile performance. Um, but once you start on testosterone, um, my understanding is it's, it's hard to get off of it um, because mm. once you stop that testosterone, uh, your, your natural production of testosterone has been suppressed. suppressed yeah. uh, and you can't even get to the point where your testicles shrink, mm. uh, which doesn't sound great. Mm. Uh, and, and then if you stop your testosterone supplements, then you really feel bad because you, it takes time for your natural testosterone level to sort of come back up. Mm. Mm. Yes. So I think it's important to understand that there are many other causes other than low testosterone. Probably the most common ones we've talked about already are the high cholesterol, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, anything that affects the cardiovascular system uh, in a negative way. So it's important to, that's why I said at the very beginning, start with your health checks, go to your GP, find out if your cardiovascular health is in check um, and um, looking at your, your the blood flow in your whole body is, is important for erectile dysfunction. And of course, the other major component we haven't mentioned is the psychological component, yeah. uh, which is probably the other major cause of erectile dysfunction. Um, and I guess uh, is part of the, the clinical history that we take uh, as doctors, we suspect that is the case, um, then that's a little bit more tricky to deal with. Um, and we still have to go through all the other checks and balances before we can say it is uh, psychogenic in nature. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's, it's not, it's a very important one to understand. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there was a time 30 years ago where sort of the majority of erectile dysfunction was sort of put down more to psychological sort of things. It's the stress of work, that sort of thing. And then we started to move more into the, the, the physiological, uh, the blood vessels and the, the nerves, the, mm. those sort of things. And then, of course, we started getting the you know, little blue tablets, which would fix it. And um, then everything was sort of put down to being a, a physical sort of cause. And I think now we're sort of back into that sort of medium sort of thing where... Understanding this. Yeah. But it's contrib there's multiple contributing factors. Yeah. And of course, yeah. part of the problem, is, you know, if you know, a guy's suffering from depression, um, uh, stress, that sort of thing, is you might get put onto an, an antidepressant medications. And what's one of the most common complications of some of the antidepressant medications? Erectile dysfunction. That's right. Uh, and so then, then you're in that sticky situation where you know, maybe somebody does have uh, an element of depression and they've got erectile dysfunction. And do you continue with the medication? Do you stop the medication? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah it's not it. an easy situation to, to be in. And um, of course, medications as well. Some of them, are, uh, it's a common uh, complication. I think that's part of the history is sort of just checking what they're on and whether it's what we call iatrogenic. It's been caused by uh, something that the doctor's doing to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many things that could really affect um, a man's erection, um, it, you know, certain diseases, certain medications, psychological conditions. Um, so it's multifactorial. And of course, um, as you said, it, it, one can play into the other if you, um, you know, have a slight decrease in erectile function because your cardiovascular health is not as good. That can make you feel a bit down and it can become a psychological issue after a while and feel performance anxiety. And then that feeds in, you know, sort of goes in a, in a, in a cycle, as they say. Um, well, one of so, the things I tell all of my guys is exercise more. Um, mm. Exercise uh, improves your cardiovascular health. Uh, it, it's a great natural way of improving your, your testosterone level. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually shown to be you know, almost as good for depression as the, uh, the antidepressant uh, medications. Definitely. Yeah, if you look better, um, uh, you know, especially if you can lose some of that uh, tummy, uh, it makes your penis look bigger as well. So, uh, it makes you look more attractive all around. Um, you're more likely to, to get an erection um, if you exercise more. So yeah, there's, there's no downside to, uh, to exercising. Excellent. Well, if we can take one thing out of today, I think we're both running home today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I only live about five minutes away, so it's not so bad. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, we, we uh, touched on a lot of the causes and, but you did mention one of the solutions um, previously. Well, was let's hit the blue pill. Yes. So yeah. yes. Um, Viagra, as, as everybody knows, is that magic blue pill that uh, can restore uh, er erections. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's a, a use uh, as you need it sort of uh, thing. So um, uh, it's not something that you're taking every day. Uh, and there are uh, other versions like um, Cialis being you know, perhaps the other common sort of one where you know, it has an effect. Cialis then has an effect for several days. So you don't have to be popping it as you need it. Whereas mm -hmm. Viagra, yeah, you're very much like a, you're, you're going to need an erection, right? Time to take, take the blue pill. The show is happening in the next hour. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and so what do, was the idea behind the medications uh, is to increase the blood flow though, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's sort of where they um, came from. They were a, um, uh, a sort of a, a, an offshoot of when they were looking for another um, blood pressure treatment medication. Uh, and uh, its side effect was dilating blood vessels into the penis and getting an increased blood flow into the penis and creating an erection. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that leads to some of the complications of um, Viagra, which is um, that pounding um, vascular headache because the blood vessels sort of di dilated uh, in, in your brain, uh, lowering your blood pressure, and then having to be really careful about mixing Viagra and some other um, blood pressure lowering medications, mm. or famously um, the, the, the nitroglycerin paste for a heart attack. Mm. Uh, yeah, so if you've had a Viagra, they can't use the GTN because it drops your blood pressure so much that... Yeah, but um, it might hit the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's great. Unfortunately, Viagra doesn't, doesn't suit everybody. Um, comes in, uh, I think there's three separate uh, strengths, dosages. So some guys have to go up and up and up. But you can get to the maximum dose and still not have a, a benefit. All the side sure. effects can be too much. And uh, it's obviously the, the other medication we mentioned before. Some of them can, can be quite costly. Uh, ongoing if they're using it on a regular basis. Um, so, and, and some people don't like the idea of medications and side effects. Um, so I guess that sort of brings us to what other options are out there for erectile dysfunction. Well, so the next thing after the, um, after the tablets is, is the injections. So more um, definite uh, is to uh, uh, do the, uh, the injections into the penis, which then dilate the blood vessels there and I uh, can almost definitely um, create an, an erection in, in most guys. Um, it means, you know, it's a bit more intrusive, obviously, into the, the whole sexual adventure. If you've got to say, uh, excuse me, I've just got to um, put a needle into my penis so I can get an erection. Kills the mood a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it'd kill my mood. <laughs> um, it'd be like, it's Christmas, that's <laughs> it's time to do it. Um, but so, highly, they can be highly effective, obviously, and, and bypass some of those side effects that we get from the oral medications. Yeah. You know, the downside potentially um, of it is then having an erection that lasts um, too long, priapism, and, um, and that can be um, a serious issue. Uh, it can be extremely painful for guys if it lasts, say, longer than four hours. Mm. Um, I had a patient come and see me, uh, and this was unrelated to, to, to medications. It was actually a, a, a blood clotting problem. He had an erection for four days. Four days. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, some guys might be thinking, hey, that sounds great. No, <laughs> not great. Um, incredibly painful, uh, uh, incredibly embarrassing. And unfortunately, that was his last erection. Um, it uh, damages the, uh, the, the nerves uh, and the blood vessels in there. And so then yeah. he was looking for uh, a solution for now truly um, serious um, erectile dysfunction. Mm, 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 mm. And um, so, so the injectables may not be for everyone either um, for, for a number of reasons. Um, uh, uh, so then, you know, what, what next really after that? I guess there are some more novel treatments out there that have some, some evidence. Yeah, so there's, um, there's a few things. Um, you, the next real medical treatment, obviously, is the surgical sort of one where uh, they can either uh, do a, a flexi rod or probably more commonly uh, nowadays is the uh, pumps uh, and the pump can be either in the scrotum 
uh, or in your groin and you've actually got to pump that fluid into um, a, a bag that's inside the penis and right. that creates an erection. Now, this mm -hmm. is obviously um, sort of a no-going backs type thing. It um, Severe cases. It's, it's severe sort Insane. of cases. And if nothing else has worked, then if that's the way of getting an erection, that's mm -hmm. the, the way. Sure. Then we're starting to get into perhaps some more novel and at this stage still experimental um, treatments. Mm -hmm. um, there is a urologist in Egypt who's published a couple of papers on injecting Botox into the penis. So this was an interesting thing. Yeah, counterintuitive, uh, I imagine. It, it was like, you know, trying to get the wrinkles out, maybe. Um, <laughs> Relaxing the penis doesn't... No, actually... A lot of people would ask, uh, would that relax the penis? Yeah, well, no, maybe relaxed is good. In fact, what it does is it relaxes the, the muscles around the blood vessels that are restricting the blood flow in there. And so yeah. I took a urologist who really understood the, the physiology of a erection. And of course, we use Botox to relax muscles in the face and, and get rid of wrinkles. But we also use it in places like the armpit to reduce sweating. It's a mm. particular nerve uh, and a particular, what we call neurotransmitter that releases that chemical message from the nerve to the muscle or in the armpit, the sweat gland. In the penis, it's the same neurotransmitter going to that muscle that keeps the blood vessels closed down and restricts the arterial blood flow in. So we came mm. up with this idea of injecting Botox in with moderate success, not great success, but um, the, the idea of success was perhaps to be able to lower your dose of Viagra, or if you could shift from doing uh, an injectable treatment um, go, to go down to something like a tablet to be able mm. to create an erection. So mm. some benefit. Um, I've used it on a, on a few guys with limited benefit. Um, for some guys, it perhaps reduces shrinkage. And maybe we'll talk about shrinkage as a, as a separate sort of topic. Mm -hmm. But um, perhaps it increases uh, the, that blood flow into the penis. That's still very experimental at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, of course, we offer something in our clinics, both of us, um, which uh, has um, a lot of uh, science, scientific sort of evidence behind it in, in certain areas of medicine, maybe not so much in this area, uh, which is platelet-rich plasma. Um, yes. That someone, some people know it as the P shot, uh, PRP, penile rejuvenation, many different names out there. People might recognize it by, but essentially we're taking people's own blood, um, uh, spinning it off, uh, down into its components and separating the platelets out of the blood in, in, into platelet rich plasma. So a higher concentration of platelets than you would find in your normal blood. Uh, and we're injecting these back into the penis to stimulate some kind of rejuvenation. Um, talk us through that a little bit more, Dr. Jason. Yeah, so uh, platelets have a, a couple of main functions. They start the, the clotting process. So you get cut and it helps stop your bleeding. Mm. So that's great. Bleeding to death is not a, not a great outcome. But then you've got an injury there. So the platelets are already are also stuffed full of growth factors. And there's so mm. many growth factors, skin growth factors, blood vessel, nerve, there's like 40 or 50, and they keep on finding more and more growth mm -hmm. factors. Um, so uh, a clever orthopedic surgeon in Germany 30 or 40 years ago thought about doing this, spinning the blood down, getting the platelets, injecting into bad knees, elbows, shoulders. He never was so great on doing the science and publications, but enough um, good reports about it 
that you know so many you know American basketballers and footballers you know were going over there to to have their PRP injected in, into their you know their busted up joints. Um, so when I had my knee meniscus injury and I asked my orthopedic surgeon, he said there's not enough uh, evidence. And so I, I had the arthroscopy and had the, the cartilage shaved. About three months later, a uh, review comes out saying that you know, maybe um, PRP into the knee is just as good as, as having uh, surgery. I thought, well, three months late for me. <laughs> so it's been around for a long time. Um, oral surgeons have been injecting it into jaws for a long time. Mm. Then a Dr. Charles Rennells in, uh, in uh, the US came up with this idea that he wanted to be injecting it into penises, which I thought was really brave because it's the clotting mechanism. So if mm. you inject it into the penis and it clots, is it going to then sort of dry up and drop off? Mm. My understanding is that he tested it on himself first. As every good... Um, uh, Adventure, adventurous kind of doctor will do. <laughs> yeah, in that, and when you're starting off in, in this sort of area, yeah, so good to he did it on himself. Um, and fortunately, um, you know, it's turned out that you know after thousands and thousands of treatments, um, that none have dropped off. Uh, it it has that um, uh, allure that it's your own um, uh, platelets. You know, there's nothing injected into you. There's nothing foreign. There's no medication. It's just encouraging the body to heal itself. Um, we've both got the same PRP machine, I think, and, and it mm-hmm. generates like 10 times the concentration of platelets that's naturally uh, in, in your plasma, which is about as, as high as uh, any machine can, can get, mm-hmm. a million platelets per mil. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still experimental. There is really no good scientific evidence that it, it does what it's meant to do is cure right. erectile dysfunction. Mm. But anecdotally, what have you found with your clients? Clients have liked it. Um, yeah. And it's such a subjective thing. And so it's really hard to know. And of course, I never get to see the benefit of it. I don't know what is happening. The guys seem to be happy with it. And there's a few other indications that, um, that people use it for. And perhaps we'll discuss that in, a, in another um, video and podcast. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't seem to be able to cause any problems. Yes, it involves needles. Uh, uses your own growth factor to stimulate increased blood flow, in, improved nerve function in your penis. Guys seem to be happy with it. So mm. we do it. Mm. And one of the things I notice, uh, if, you know, for the guys who do respond positively, which has been quite a, a high percentage, is they notice um, morning erections more frequently, uh, erections during the night more frequently, um, those kind of things they didn't know have before they um, they came and saw me, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Don't really want to say it's like this magic in, in injection for making no. eighteen again, but there's there's certainly something um, um, about it. Something and, to be said about it. Yeah, and I, I really hope um, you know we get some more publications. Um, you know, maybe we should be doing one out ourselves, but you know, mm. you can't do every publication in the, in the area. <laughs> right. Um, but it's worth opening the conversation and encouraging others to. to yeah. And certainly, you're, when when you're looking at the, the the range of treatments that are available to you, you know, if you're looking at, you know, what can improve the function of, of my penis, then the PRP injection 
is something that you should be considering. At least you should know about. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. And, and um, I think, I think that really, there's not too many other things we have, we haven't talked about apart from like, possibly the low intensity shockwave therapy. Some people ask yep, about. Yeah. So low intensity shockwave therapy. I think this is definitely going to be something um, big in the future. Certainly in uh, Europe and now starting in the US, um, it's becoming more and more popular. Um, and at least there are studies. I, I've got about 30 or so studies that I've, I've seen talking about it. So it's not electric shock, guys. Don't worry. It's not low level. And don't go and get a nine volt battery and start wiring <laughs> yourself up to anything. It's really not, a, not, a, not, not creating a Franken penis. No, no. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's related to the, the machines that crack um, kidney stones, uh, what's called lithotripsy. Uh, and then the smaller handheld versions have been used in physiotherapy for quite a while. Mm. Uh, I always call it the thumper. Uh, and, and if you experience it, you get to understand exactly why, because it has this little hydraulic jack in it and it thumps backwards and forwards. And you can do it between five and, and 20 times a second. So really thump, 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 thump. And there's something about these low intensity shock waves going into the penis that uh, release nitric oxide, stimulate stem cells and, and stimulate blood vessel growth. And this was sort of found elsewhere in, in the body. Um, and then some bright spark said, well, if it's growing new blood vessels, opening up blood vessels, let's use it in erectile dysfunction. So in, in the last five or so years, lots and lots of studies coming um, out. They're gradually studying it for longer and longer periods and seeming to be getting benefit going out to 12, 18 months. Um, so we, we have it here in, in the clinic in, in Perth. Uh, we were using it for um, uh, other uh, treatments a, a, as well. Um, but yes, we find that guys are, are very keen. You know, it's not something that every guy just wants to rush in and have their, their penis thumped. Uh, <laughs> we often combine it with the PRP shot. Um, so they'll have the, the platelet-rich plasma and a series of these low-intensity shockwave therapies. But I've seen some remarkable uh, transformations in erectile function um, mm. with that. Um, yeah, that same sort of thing. Yeah, gone from needing the injections, Cavaject, to get an erection to, to waking up in the morning with erections. So mm. they certainly do work. Yeah, and makes sense to be combining therapies that are both stimulating blood flow into the penis. Yeah, yeah, it, it sort of, uh, it, it makes sense. And there's really, there's no downsides to them. It's not like a lot of the medications that there are potential um, side effects. For these, apart from the inconvenience of having to come in and have the treatment, that's really it. Mm. And an interesting thing I learned from a sexual health physician that um, actually helped us train with our um, uh, PRP device we use for the, for the PRP into the penis uh, was that you don't have to stop any of your other standard type of treatments. For example, the medications, they also increase blood flow into the penis. They, he, he believes if you continue to use those medications, you continue to exercise, continue to be healthy and create as much blood flow into the penis as possible. It's like a muscle in any other part of your body. Uh, if you increase the blood flow and use it more often, uh, it, will, it will be healthier and stronger as a, as a result. So I guess the moral, moral of the story is try everything, keep exercising and keep using it. Yeah. Not that you're saying that the penis is a muscle. We all know this. You know, <laughs> the penis itself is not a muscle, guys. Correct. Okay. There are there are little muscles in there, but the penis is not a muscle. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> um, 
but yes, it's, you know, about getting that blood flow into the penis. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, combining multiple therapies to try and get to that, uh, get that solution that you want. Yeah. Look, Thanks a lot, Dr. Gab. That was uh, great being able to talk about uh, erectile dysfunction uh, with you. Uh, I'm Dr. Jason. Uh, together, we are the Dick Doctors. Guys, remember, uh, confidence uh, changes everything. Uh, if you've got any comments that you'd like to make um, about what we've been talking about, questions, uh, feel, free, uh, feel free to uh, post those um, uh, below. And uh, we've got some more interesting topics coming up soon. Thank you very much for having me, Dr. Jason. Speak again soon. Yeah. Talk to you then.